0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. And I said today we have some special things, and I'd like to introduce to you an old friend. Uh, Some of you would be surprised to know that our guest speaker actually lived on Guam. Uh, His dad was a missionary here on Guam way back when. I won't say how long ago, (laughs) but... But he went to school here from eighth grade all the way through, is a graduate of the University of Guam. He's now one of our Every Nation pastors in Japan. He oversees eight churches in Japan. He's also part of the Asia Leadership Team. And, uh, you know, there's about 194 plus or minus countries in the world today. Uh, Every nation as a church, we are in 70, at least 70 of those countries most of those are in Asia. Sixty percent of the world's population is in Asia. And uh, we are very privileged to have with us today Pastor Scott Dalma. Let's welcome him.
1: It's good to be back in Guam. Amen. Let's, let's have a word of prayer, and I'll, I'll get into the word that I have for you today. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church I thank you for this life in the sun and that uh, for the years that you have worked through this people. I thank you for the growth that has been coming. I thank you for the stability that's here, the healthiness that's here. And I pray that the word of the Lord would come to us strongly now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I I want to ask you a question, which I ask especially to a a lot of young people. Um, You know, often when I ride the train... In, in Japan, people will, especially young people, especially as I get older, they, they, they look, oh, this looks like a nice old man. And they, they sometimes they'll sit down next to me and they say, Can I practice English with you? And I say, sure, I speak English, let's speak English. Say, what's your name, what's your name, what's your sport, what's your sport, you know, what do you like to eat? And, and within about one minute, we're talking Japanese to each other, you know. <laughs> They've run out of English. And so I, I say, okay, you've been asking me lots of questions. Let me, let me ask you a question. And it's, it's a very simple question. I said, you know, why are you alive? Why are you alive? Why are you living? Why are you alive? And, and the answer is, do you know what that normal answer is? I never thought about that. I never thought about that. And, and, I, and I, I ask that question often to other, other young people. Even sometimes young people in the church, you ask them, why are you alive? Well, I've never thought about that. And, and, I mean, that's, especially if you've grown up in a Christian home, we need to stop and think about, about that. What, what is our, our purpose? Amen? And, and I would hope that all of us could, could answer but if we were to, to come to Jesus Christ, right, and we say, Jesus, what, what do you get passionate about? What do you have? What, is, what was your purpose? And, we, and, you know, we could list several things, right? You say, well, my purpose was to seek and to save the lost. Probably that would be his number one answer, right? But, but his other answer would be, well, I came to build the church. And That's what I want to talk about today. I, I believe if, if 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 you are a believer and you've come to Christ, the one thing you need to understand is that the thing you need to be passionate about, if you really want to have a, a fruitful life, and a purpose filled life, is you have to get on board with what our heavenly Father is uh, is doing, and what our heavenly Father is doing, is building His church, because it because it is listen to this it is through the church, doesn't that phrase come up often? Through the church that people come to Christ. It is through the church that people come into healing. It is through the church that people come into to blessing. And it is through the church that our society is going to be changed. Don't you believe that? It's not through Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or Hillary Clinton. You know, it's not if you're a Democrat or a Republican. That's not the issue. You are a child of God. God birthed this church. You know, life in the sun was not just some dream of of every nation, guys, let's all build a church here. No, this was was built because God in his time, in his, uh, you know, from eternity past, knew you, knew your family, knew little Kylie was God dedicated here this morning. He said, I need a place for my children to go to. And I need it in Guam, and I and, and and I need to build a healthy, strong church. And so when when we stop and think a minute, I should get excited about that. Amen? Let, let me let me start out with a, a, a scripture. You might not think this is very churchy, but I think after I talk about it a minute, you'll get to, it says the Lord God said, This is way back, Genesis chapter two, so the Lord God said, What did he say? It is not good for the man to be alone. Loneliness is a very, very horrible thing. You know, you've all walked through lonely times in your life. And you can imagine, Adam is born in this perfect world, right? Uh, Now now think with me. He had perfect relationship with God. Isn't that true? There was no sin. There was no, no evil. I mean, it was him and God. Me and Jesus. I mean, right? It was... It was the dream. And and it's interesting because the Lord said the first time, remember all through creation, it is good, it is good, it is good. But here in in, in verse 18 of the second chapter, the first time he ever says, it is not good. Right? And he looked because he says, Adam was never meant to be alone with all the other animals, right? There was male and female, but Adam was alone. And so this begins the whole process of, of the creation of Eve and the, the beginning of the, 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 the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman and all that things. That's where it all began. But I want to step away from it just being a marriage principle to being a human principle. We were never created to be alone. Now, here in, in Guam, you are in a, in a, in a wonderful geographical setting, because you're American, but also you have a very Asian slant. A very island slant. Is I think the island is very much this way. Community is very important to us. Now the American side of us is me and my horse, right? Right? Just me. And 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 and, and when you go you, you meet so many this you know Christians who say it's me and Jesus. Especially they get hurt by I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. You, you, you hear that a lot. Right? And, 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 and I don't need anybody else. I got my Bible. You know, I pray in tongues and me and Jesus. And, and I've heard that very often. But this principle is the same principle. It's not good for the man to be alone. We were created for relationship. Amen? God takes the solitary. And he places them in a family. And so I'd like you to get passionate about that. His family. You know, I purposely showed you a picture of my family. You know, I love my wife. I love my children. I even love the son-in-law. And, you know, the second one when she gets married, I've got to love that one too, I'm sure. But that grandchild, you want to see some more pictures? Uh, (laughs) You know, I I just, I I love my family. I love my father. I love my mother. They're both with Jesus now. You know, I love my brothers. I I mean, that's family. When they all came up here, wasn't that beautiful? Right? I mean, that's, was that a perfect family up here? We won't go down that road, but anybody here have the perfect family? Anybody, any families here have had mistakes? Come on, raise your hands because you're lying if you're not, okay? <laughs> all of our families are messed up, all right? But so what? Family is family is family, right? And, and we have to start to look at God puts us into a, a spiritual family and and as much as we, you know, we, 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 we quote the Apostles' Creed, you know, we've been studying that probably and in our every nation world and said, I believe in the holy Catholic church, right? We, we say that phrase. And the holy Catholic, of course, means universal, right? So it's the whole church. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So whether it's a, a Seventh-day Adventist person who worships on Saturday with all their heart, Or person in the Baptist church down the road, or the Roman Catholic person who praises God from their soul and loves Jesus. You know, that's the that's the holy Catholic church. And so but we have to be careful. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is is God takes you and He added you to a certain church. We live our life together. We, you know, I've I've gone through a lot of the same training uh, that Pastor Mark and and Terry teach. And and one of the beautiful things I learned there was, you know, we get hurt in relationships. But we also get healed in relationships. And when you get saved, God never says, now just you and me, baby. No. He, he, He says the same thing he said to Adam, the very first man. It's not good for you to be alone. And so when Jesus came to seek and save the lost, the whole thing was to seek them and save them and then add them to His body. And that's what the church is. We, we could go through Scripture after Scripture this morning. You know, like in Acts, it says here that uh, those who accepted His message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to His number that day. That word added. You go a few verses later, the Lord added to their number daily. You chop a, a few chapters later. It says, "Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed, in the Lord, uh, and the Lord, and the Lord, and believed in the Lord, and they were added to their numbers." I want you to catch that. The church is not the golf club where you can go and join. The church is not uh, the the Rotary Club or even a tennis club or a football club. Church is the living body of Christ. And being a member is not membership. It's being, the Greek word, when you take the word member, is this. My finger is a member of my body. Right? And and, and that's why whoever's sitting next to you here, if they hurt, you hurt. If they have joy, you have joy. When one weeps, we all weep. When the baby's up here, we're all excited. It's all our baby. Amen? And that's why we do a dedication like this. Is because it's just not mom and dad and the people on the stage going to raise that baby. It takes the village to raise the child, right? And and so that's what we're going to do. Amen? We're, we're, we're family. God added you. You thought, well, maybe I, I heard, you know, Pastor Mark gave a good message. I chose this church. <laughs> you never chose nothing, man. God added you. God planted you. And if you can catch that, your life will be changed forever. It's, it's like, you know, you're ready to get into your life and there's this big bus outside. And, you're, and and God's bringing the bus and He says, I want you on this bus. And I want you on the bus with these people. And you're going to go through life together with these people. Amen? You know, and you get on the bus, you better hope God knows what he's doing. <laughs> but he does, amen? But you might say, I don't want to ride this bus. There's a lot of times, you know, even a pastor, sometimes he goes, I don't want to be in this church anymore. No, not me, not me, not me. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah? You ever, when you're a kid, I don't want to be in this Family. I had four older brothers. I I wanted them all to die. You know, this. <laughs> my sisters were nice. My brothers, uh, oh, leave them away, man. And I wish you were dead, you know. And and my mother would make me eat another bar of soap, you know. And uh, but you know that's that's how we are. But now, you know, you don't think that way, right? As you get old, you love your family. You know, you know your brothers are screwed up, but you still love them. Amen. <laughs> Oh, my good friend Marilyn's here. She's going to report that to my brothers. Yeah. We grew up. I grew up with her. Anyhow, um, what was I talking about before I thought? <laughs> throwing, my, throwing my brother under the bus. <laughs> that we're on the bus together. Amen? And, and let's... Uh, here's a phrase that, that we often say, and you've probably heard it, and we, I like to say it over and over again. When you find your people, you find your purpose. When you find your people... You find your purpose. Um, I grew up here in Guam. And, uh, you know, grew up, my father was a missionary. You know, I loved Jesus all my life. I can't, I can't ever give you a date. This is when I became a Christian. I just, there's never a time in my life I didn't believe. And, and knew that when I prayed, God answered me. But in 19, uh, well, we're not going to say how long ago, but <laughs> back in the century, earlier in that last century, um, I, I was just came out of JFK and was accepted at UOG and was in my first year. And my my dearest friend, he uh, he he came to right over here when this was this is how long ago? The ITC had just been built. Okay, do you still call it ITC? Okay, so it was brand new building. Okay, and uh, it was this this Ben Franklin over here had just opened up right before that, and we used to go just to ride up and down on the escalators because we'd never seen that before. That that. <laughs> old people understand that okay and but he, my friend he, he, he had he said I'm going to take you over to this ITC because upstairs there's a meeting up there they call it the charismatic meeting and and this is you know way back in the early 70s and there was this movement called the charismatic movement and I and I and I remember I went into the, the room it was, it was it was like four or five churches had gathered together and one of them was you know uh, Pastor Sam Webb's church which you know is every nation and and, I, and, and they were all in there, and I walked in the back door, and, and there's the first time, you know, people were like clapping their hands, and people had guitars, and, and people were raising their hands, and, and I said, gosh, these people believe, believe the Bible, you know, and, and they're talking about people getting healed. You know, some guy over here and talking some language I had never heard, gambala, You know, and it was, it's praying in tongues kind of deal and you know, prophecy. You hear God said this, God said that. It was, it was like my eye is opening up. It's like this is unbelievable. This is all the stuff I read as a kid in 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 front of my eyes. It's happening, and 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 I grabbed my friend Scott was his name. I said he had been going up to Pastor Sam's church. I said you got to take me to that church. And so that next Sunday night, he took me up there, and. I, I walked into that meeting, you know. This is this is um, forty-two years ago. Okay, I walked into that meeting. I found my people. I found my people, and it's emotional to me because I'm back here, on Guam, with my people. You see, so and and that finding my people gave me my purpose. And so I encourage, you know, most of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But some of you have been what we pastors call butterfly Christians. You bounce from church to church to church. This might not be the place he's adding you. But where he adds you, you get in there. You get on that bus, and you put your roots down deep. You get into relationship. You get into conflict and resolve it and move forward, and then you're going to grow, and then you're going to be healed because when you find your people, you find your purpose. And for 42 years, I have walked with the same people. I have walked with the same people. From there, I was sent to our churches in Hawaii. From the Hawaii, I was sent out to Japan. Every nation, we, it, we've been, my whole life, have been walking as, as, as our Grace Bible and all those movements came together way back 1999. It, it, this is my people. When I'm with Mark and Terry, I, I, they're, they're my family. When she walked into that thing there at the Elijah house, I wasn't scared. I said, this, okay, must be okay. Terry's here. You know, because we're family. And, and, and I love it. I go to Mongolia, and I can't understand a word they're saying, but they got their purple book in Mongolian, <laughs> right? You're going to China. They got it there. You, you know, I've been over in the Middle East. They got it there, you know, all over the world. This is my family, and I found my people. I found Pastor Steve Murrow. I found Pastor Rice Brooks. I found Pastor June and Pastor Joey. They are my family. Pastor Mark is my family. Look around and say, "You, my people." <laughs> because I also say this: I say, "You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future." Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I mean, that's kind of like you know, little little uh, Kylie as she's growing up, mom and dad. You're gonna you're gonna be involved in that. You know, I'm very. Care- I was very careful who my kids hung out with. You know, you might have called me a very you know in the face parent but i was cuz i know who you let your kids hang out with is going to steer the direction of their life and sometimes in our well they got to find their own way not when they're that young you steer them amen okay that, that that's not my message today but <laughs> but you know when you go to the early church it gives us a picture of what the church is all about Acts chapter 2, you know, you can read from 42 to 47 how they gathered together. And what did what did they do? Let's just go down the list. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. Okay? Peter took out the purple book. <laughs> oh no, no, he was writing the purple book. <laughs> okay. I mean, they went back and they 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 did the word together. That's what we do as a church. You know, we're not just having you know, one-to-one and then Victory Weekend and then, then the, the, the discipleship programs that are going on in the church. It's because systematically as a church, each one of you has to be grounded in the Word. Not just on what somebody said. You're standing on the very principles of God. It's you and God that way. But we do it together. Amen? And it says they ate together. Right before lunchtime, I'll show you some good Japanese. Amen. Okay? Uh, I mean, in this scripture, it comes out several times about eating together. I'm always worried about skinny Christians. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, they prayed together. They saw signs and wonders together. They were generous with each other. They met together and said, Every day. Not just on Sunday. This is not the church. This is me talking to you. And, you know, God here corporately talking to us. But when you get in your small groups, when you get in life together. When you meet your friend. When you, that, that's where the real church happen. They enjoyed each other. That's what church is supposed to be. Not just suffering together. <laughs> they enjoyed each other. I, I can tell this is an enjoying church. Amen. They praised God together. Isn't that true? See, there is something special. I know you felt it this morning. When you gather together and God's boom presence comes down here. And we need that. You're not going to get that on a podcast. Right? You're not going to get that even watching, you know, some guy in a video together. You get it? When we together experience God, He shows up. Amen? They praised God together. They reached the lost together. So that's evangelism. When we're doing it together, it's very, very effective. Amen? Amen. Pastor Scott, this is a good message. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right. The danger is I don't know what time I'm supposed to end. <laughs> I have to catch an airplane by four o'clock, so we're all right. Um I I I want to uh kind of just take one more thing on this church. And and uh because I, I'm, this is very testimonial because as I'm talking to you this is how the lights went on in my own mind as a, as a college kid the importance of the church and when I understood it my whole purpose of life really came about because you know I understood this Jesus said uh, to Peter I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it there's a lot in that one little statement Who's going to build the church? Jesus. It's it's not Peter. You know, it's not it's not you. The one building the church is Jesus Christ, and it's important to him. When when I was just a brand new believer, in in our in our church, we had a uh, special meetings. I can remember very clearly, and uh, a pastor from Portland, Oregon. Pastor uh, Dick Iverson, real good, good friend of our, our, our every nation movement. He's an old, old. He's not doing much now. He's old, but uh, he came, spent like two or three weeks with us. And every morning, every night, he taught us young men the Bible. And and we went through the Book of Ephesians. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just eating up the Word because, like I said, as a kid, you know, I knew the Bible very well. We'd memorize portions of the Bible. You know, that was just the way we grew up, but. All of a sudden, everything that I learned was starting to come alive to me. And we went through the book of Ephesians with the glasses of the church. And I want to do that just very briefly with you, okay? I'm not going to give you all the scriptures, but the book of Ephesians gives you basic things. It says, you know, of course, that the church is the the family of God. You you understand that, amen? You know, we've kind of already talked about that, but that oikos, that Greek term that we're all... Uh, uh, one family together that you're my brother. You're my sister. We have fathers we have mothers and, and and so we treat each other proper We nurture each other we protect each other and we've already alluded to that and uh, But the, the second thing that came out in, in if you read through the book of Ephesians is that we are God's temple We're his building that uh, it says that we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone in him The whole building is what? joined together, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which uh, God lives. Now, as I was uh, in this verse, I just want to jump ahead and and, and and I wanted to... Okay, where did it go? I guess I didn't put that verse in there, Chuck. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. I wanted to look at this, Acts 15 to explain the next point. Now, just just be with me a little bit, okay? This is a little bit tricky, but if you, this is the thing that really opened my eyes. You remember in that book of Acts that, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul had been going around into Asia. And all these totally, totally non-Jewish people had come to Christ. They had knew nothing about Moses. They knew nothing about the Old Testament. And so he came back to Jerusalem, and they had a big apostolic conference. What are we going to do about this? Are we going to make every non-Jewish person become a Jew? You know? For the girls, wasn't a big deal. But for the boys, it was a big deal. (laughs) Some of you don't catch that, okay? Circumcision. Circumcision. Okay? And and so, I mean, that's what's, uh, you know, can... uh, because, you know, Guam would have never come to the Lord because you could not eat babui. No pig, man, you know, no pig, right? Uh, no pork, uh, none, of the, none of the things that Jewish people couldn't eat. You know, are you going to obey the law? Are we going to make them all become Jews? So that was, it was a big deal. It was one of the biggest, biggest controversies in the early church. So they got together and they prayed. And uh, you can read the whole story. And then the leader of the early church there, his name was James. Uh, he, he got up and with the, after the prayer and the leadership team, however, they figured it all out. He said, I got the answer. God gave me the word. Here's the answer. And I, and I put it up here for you. After this, I will return and rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Isn't that clear? Some of you are going, should I go yes? It's not clear to me. You know, you read Acts 15, you're going, James, what, what, what are you saying? Are you saying yes? Yes. Or no, you got to read a few verses later where it comes real clear and he says, no, they don't have to be Jews. Just don't eat the blood and, and stay away from fornication and, you know, just, just a few things. There's only rules that we're going to put on, on you. But I, why, why am I reading this verse to you? Because there's an important phrase that comes up here. He says, in the last days, at this time, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Now, you Bible scholars understand that. But the rest of us who aren't Bible scholars, let's stop a minute, okay? And, and let's go back to your favorite book of the Bible. Uh, where did it go here? The book of, 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 of uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, right? The ones that when you have trouble sl- falling asleep at night, that's the one you read, right? And you read the story of Moses' tabernacle you know the the gate's going to be this many cubits by this many cubits and this and all the engineers love it but the rest of us speed read right <laughs> but you know uh, but if you understand what Moses tabernacle is a big portion of our old testament and in Jewish life it was huge and later when they built the temple it was built upon this idea and and if you remember right you, to understand Jesus you kind of have to understand what this was all about because Normal, you and me could never come into where the Shekinah, where the glory was, right? You go in outer court, you bring your cow and get the cow killed and you get your sins, you know, taken away. But only the priests could go into the holy place. But, you know, where this picture has the, you know, I, I took that picture a few years ago when I was in Israel. No, I didn't, okay? Some of you believe me. It's not there, okay? It's not there anymore. But the the... Where the Holy of Holies is, only the high priest could go in there. Do you remember? Once a year. And when he would go in, they would put a rope around his leg just in case God killed him when he was in there. I mean, they literally did. And, and if he got killed, they would pull him out. Do you remember the story? The guy touched the ark. What happened to him? Boom, he died. Right? The Philistines took that ark and stole it. And plague went all over their country. I mean, this, this was scary stuff. And so what, what the Apostle James is saying there, he says, we're not building the tabernacle of Moses. We're not going back to this. And, and then he says, okay, then your next favorite place to read when you can't sleep at night is uh, Chronicles, right? And you read about Solomon's temple. And, and uh, you know, the walls will be this, and you build the two giant pillars and, and all the sacrifice. And, 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 and the Solomon's temple was, was this fantastic, marvelous thing that you walked in, full of grandeur. It was, it was where, the, you know, you felt the presence of God, like if you go down into one of these giant cathedrals in Europe or something. Yeah? And, but he said, it's not that. He says, in these last days, this is what God's going to build. And it was a tent. Nothing glorious. It was a tent, And it was only around for, you know, how many tens of years. It wasn't, wasn't around a long time. But I believe what, 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 what James is saying and what God wants you to understand so you can understand the church. Okay, this is where I'll bring it back to church. Is he saying, the church is this. Now, what's special about this? You know what's special about it? Is King David, all these singers normal Joe and Betty believer could come before that ark and they could worship God. It was, it was Emmanuel, right? God with us. It was it was unbelievable without all the pretension without all of the ritual without all of the symbols and the blood and all that stuff there was this prophetic picture that God dwells with man and man can dwell with God even like it was back in the garden of Eden and it was this it was it was, you know it was this beautiful picture and i remember when the first time this i realized that's the church the church is this place where I, with my brothers and sisters, it's not this gigantic temple. It's not the Notre Dame Cathedral. It is a tent with me and God together. We sang the song this morning. might have been written right here. David wrote a lot of his psalms, right? Sitting in front of this tent. So, brothers and sisters, when we talk about the church... We get the, the feeling sometimes we have to have this beautiful cathedral. Life in the Sun, you know that probably more than anybody. Used to be in another building. Then you moved over here. And, and who knows what the Lord will do in the future? You know, if a big uh, typhoon comes, you live in Typhoon Land. This church building could end up in Saipan, right? You know, you know we understand that. But so what? We, we can meet in a parking lot, right? We can meet in small groups. That's the church. It's where Jesus is. Do, do you catch that? Let, let me kind of just, just, just bring one more aspect of, of uh, what it says there in Ephesians. That uh, I'm jumping through. This is my, my last point, okay? My last point. That uh, one of the big teachings in Ephesians is that the church is the bride of Christ. Right? And the bride of Christ, the sisters all go, yeah, that's so nice. Come on, brothers. We're bowlers. (laughs) We're not mugs and muffins. (laughs) We're bowlers. How many boys want to come to the mugs and muffins, all right? We want the muffin, but we don't want to. You know what I'm talking about, right? And so we read that, yeah, I'm the bride of Christ. Never resonated in me, right? And all the girl goes, yeah, I understand that. I'm this precious bride of Christ. Guys, you're the precious bride of Christ. And, and I think if, if we, I, 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 you know, I've tried to understand it and I had, I had revelation of it, but I, I had it three or four years ago when my daughter got married, okay? This is my daughter's wedding. She got married in Hawaii and uh, cost me lots of money. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. But there's the guy she married is next to her. And uh, but, but look at the picture. What do you see between the two of them there? Now, if you look at his copy of that, I'm erased out. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you this because on the wedding day, how many dads here have had to give their daughters away? Anybody? You you give your daughter away? It's horrible. Oh, but you still got her though. Is that is that the is that the guy she married? Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. Get some grandchildren. He'll like you. Okay. <laughs> um, but but I, but I'm telling the story because this is where the revelation came to me. Is is you know we're 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 going to walk down to do the wedding. And, uh, you know, first of all, I, I, had, I said, don't, don't you want me to do the wedding? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a pastor, don't you? And she said, no. It's because you're too emotional. You'll be worthless. And so, so she said, I can get anybody to do the wedding, but I can only get you to be my daddy. Oh. So Pastor Sam Webb did the wedding and said, she said she could get anybody. She got you, you know. (laughs) But anyhow, so I'm I'm walking her down. I can't remember right and left. I have the same problem, whatever side she was on. And we're walking down. And, you know, she kind of wants to go up faster. And I'm trying to take a year. (laughs) Right, Dad? And I'm walking down. And the revelation hits me of what the bride of Christ is. It's like... I'm standing as God the Father. No, don't take that funny, okay? And up in the front, the guy's still got kind of a dazed look on his face in this picture, right? <laughs> but when he was standing up there, and he saw us walking out, his face was like... <laughs> like most of you men, when you got married, you say, how did I get such a good-looking girl, you know? And I mean, he's, he's up there like just goo-goo-eyed, full in love. And I looked at the guy... And the first time in my life, I, I, I said, it's okay, he can marry her. <laughs> I said, he got it. He's got how precious this one is to me. That this is the one that I have poured my soul into my whole life. You know, I, I, I grew up a foreigner in a very foreign country. And so, it, you know, all of us love our family. But when you're growing up in a, working in a land where you're the, you're the oddball in everything, the only place you have security is your, your, your own family. And so this guy's taken away my right leg, basically, you know. And, of course, I had to do a lot of healing for that. <laughs> a lot of strange, too much emotional bondage there. But anyhow, we're, we're, uh, but when I looked at the guy, he got it. And it was like the father said, you're me. She's the church. That's Jesus up there. And that's how precious, intimate this is. He's going to take better care of her than you do. He's going to lead her to where she needs to go. You know, you've loved her. You've cared for her. You're giving her to this man who is worthy of her. And in my mind, I understood the the bride of Christ, what it was all about. That the church is all about intimacy. Amen? That It's about intimacy. And so... As I, as, I, as I put this to a rest here, when I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid growing up here in Guam, I realized what the church was all about. Church is not the building. It's not the organization. It's not the worship service. The church is this intimacy that, that, that my, one of my greatest joys in life is walking people up to meet their heavenly bridegroom and putting them together with Jesus and that when we come here on a Sunday morning with our heavenly bridegroom one day we're going to go for this great wonderful wonderful feast but brothers and sisters the church is intimate it's all about relationship with each other it's all about relationship with Jesus and because of that there'll be relationship with the unsaved people in the world and we're going to change the world amen you guys are blessed to be in this church this island is blessed because this church is here. You're, you're not, you're not some, something, you're just having a meeting, no. There's blessing flowing out to this island because you guys are here. Life in the sun is bringing life to this island. Would you stand with me this morning and let me pray? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this great church. And I thank you that even right now as they are growing, and you are adding you are adding new ones here. That even through this message, the Holy Spirit has been speaking into different ones' hearts. Yeah, I didn't join this place. He added me. I didn't pick this place. God brought me here. Maybe the other one you're here saying, No. I've been running away from the place I'm supposed to be. Either way, God, put us where we're supposed to be. Take us out of solitary life and put us in your spiritual family. Build us together as that tabernacle of David, that place where the very presence of God is always there. And let us truly be the the bride of Christ, that intimate, intimate, intimate relationship with you that's going to change the world around us. I pray for an anointing of that today, an impartation of that today in Jesus' name. But Lord, I, I would also be very mindful to pray for the hurting people here today. I, I Some of you, you're in a relationship, maybe even your marriage. And it's just you're just in pain right now, thinking about your own child. You're thinking about your parents. I don't know what it is, but Jesus knows. And he says, I love you, I love you, I love you. If you would open your life to me, even in your broken condition, I, I can fix you. I can heal you. I can set you free. You know, darkness and, and sin and our own failures sometimes make us think there's no hope. That's a lie. There is hope. Christ is here. He's here to heal. He's here to save. And He's saving you right now. If you just call out on the name of the Lord, Jesus, save me.
0: Jesus, save me.
1: He'll save you. But then you need to take the biggest step and say, it's not just me and Jesus. I need other people. Open yourself up to other people. God brought you to this safe place today. He brought you to a family today. You can commit yourself to Him through this church. Find your people. You'll find your purpose. i show you this family. And I'll show you your future, and it'll be good. So I pray a blessing over each one here today. In Jesus' name, amen.